They say the truth hurts, the truth hurts So you about to feel pain And I gotta do work, God said I gotta do work Cause it's off with the name, Savage Truth Savage Truth, it's the Savage Truth The Savage Truth this is the Savage Truth, and I'm your host, Pastor Roy Dockery. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the, the conversation. To those joining us on YouTube, glad to see you. Make sure you drop a comment. For those that are joining us um, on, uh, on, on any of the audio platforms, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Google, um, whatever, Spotify, uh, welcome um, back to the audio podcast as well. So um, just wanted to share something today, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be quick. And get out of here because I just wanted to, because um, it was something that happened today that I wanted to get recorded before it before it got out of my mind. And I'm sure it's something that can be applicable, almost a Proverbs-like moment um, in life that we can deal with. So, um, and so some of you will see the title and, you know, or those that are coming across the audio or if this just popped up um, in your feed because it's, you know, you're, you're following a playlist. Um, I had a situation today where... My so I have three children. I have a thirteen-year-old daughter, a ten-year-old daughter, and a five-year-old son. Um, so today is the first time I've ever had one of my children essentially steal from me. Right, so to take something from me that doesn't belong to them. Right, I, I mean my children have hid things from each other and stuff like that, but not in a matter of where it was something of like significant value. Um, or like, you know, we don't have like cash that comes up missing or, or jewelry or anything like that. Um, I think prior to this, like somebody may take something that belongs to a sibling or a person and hides it, uh, because they were refused access to it or they weren't able to do it. Um, but today was the first time that I've had money come up missing in my house. Right. And we've been a parent for 13 years. Um, I've had people living in my house. I've had mentees when I had my record label some of my artists were living in my house you know what I mean like there's always been people living in my house family friends you know because we always open up our home um, and allow that to be a blessing to other people as they're in periods of transition and just build them up and help them transition but I've never had to deal with any like anything in my house coming up missing you know what I mean like I have an abundance of shoes I have watch collections right I, like we tend to leave money laying around my wife leaves her purse hanging around we're not really concerned about it because you know, we we try to be open. We're extremely giving, um, and we just know that this, this is a blessed home. It's a blessed place, right? Where people don't have to want for anything. Our children aren't deprived of anything. Anyone that's in our house, right? Whether you're a dependent of mine or not, you're not going to be deprived of anything. If you need something, um, we'll take care of you because you're in our house, right? And that's what God has equipped us to do, and that's just the spirit that we operate in within our home. So today, we're getting ready to take my son um, to his to his baseball game, and so. I do a lot of things to incentivize my children with money. And this and another thing is it made me reflect on this today. Is this wrong? Should I should I change it? Because for instance, when it comes to grades, my kids get money for grades, depending on, you know, A's, B's. I don't give money for C's. Uh, you get no compensation for average in my household. Um, when it comes to like teeth, right? We don't do the teeth fairy, but if I have to go to the dentist and get teeth extracted from my children, it costs me $75. So if my teeth take my children take their own teeth out, they get twenty dollars, right? Saves me fifty five dollars. Um, it makes them not afraid, and it makes them really engaged in getting um, their teeth out. So we've been doing that since my my daughter was a kid. I, you know, I know that's a high, you know, inflation around here. You know, it was dollars and change when I was a kid, but everything is expensive nowadays. My kids are in electronics, not bubble gum. So um, you know that you to, that that incentive structure got to be a little bit different. 
And so um, my son just recently started playing T-ball, right? And he hasn't played organized sports. He's only five. Um, he loves his toys. He loves being able to go to the store and pick up a new action figure or something. So I'm like, hey, one good way to motivate him would be to motivate him with money, right? So the one thing I told him, I said, look, and you know, and, you'll, and anyone who's out there who's got kids that have played T-ball, right? You see all the kids out there, they all love hitting the ball, but none of them want to go get it, right? You've got the one or two kids that'll knock people down and stumble over people to grab uh to grab a um to, to grab the ball. And so one thing I wanted to do is really want to get Royce engaged on defense, right? When he's in the field, like I want you to get in front of the ball, stop the ball with your glove, stop the ball with your hand. And so what I told him, I said, look, if you get a hit and your and your if you get a hit and your um and your ball goes past uh the pitcher's mound, but still in the grass, you get one dollar. If you get a hit and your ball goes into the outfield, so into the dirt, past you know outside of like the baseline into the outfield, you get two dollars. Um, and so I said that's on offense, right? From an offensive perspective, on defense, I said if you get in front of the ball, stop the ball with your glove, you get a dollar. The go the ball goes past you. You need to run and go get it, but you don't get a dollar. You, so I'm trying to teach him the concept, right? And so, you know, baseball, the coach, something you like, got to get low and you want to get in front of the ball and you got to scoop it. You do the alligator and you got to get it. And we practice at home uh, when I have time or when I'm in town since I've been back traveling. So incentivize them on that. And so he had his first. Um, so the first time we did it in practice, I think he earned like three bucks. Um, then uh, he had his first game and his first game, he earned nine bucks. And he was just like, he was, and you know, so the next game, next practice, he was like, dad, like I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm trying to get my monies. And so there's a, um, our house, we, we function on, we still, we use envelopes. So my wife has a, um, a weekly budget that we go by and a certain amount of cash that she gets, um, every week that takes care of her, her you know, stuff around the house. I'm on allowance. She's on allowance. Our kids are on allowance. So we're a very, um, conscious family when it comes to home economics and money and how we talk about money and the value of money and how we use it, how we save it, how we spend it. Um, our kids know how much it costs for our livelihood, right? They've seen it in cash stacks of how much it costs for us to live the way that we do um, so that they understand that, right? They, they know how much money it is um, to live in this kind of house and have these kind of vehicles and, um, and all of that other stuff. And so it's just visual so that they understand that and then when they look at that compared to like a job that they want to get in high school because they want to work at Chick-fil-A or a restaurant and you make $10 an hour and I show you this, this you know, this lifestyle costs 10 stacks. Like, they're like that's a lot of hours, right? So um, so so that's the whole dynamic. So my son was was really onto it and, you know, he was into it and he was like, all right. So like before practice, you know, he's, you know, he'll come to me in between offense and defense. How much how much money did I get? Like, did I did I get credit for that? Like, I'm like, all right, you had two dollars, three dollars. So Saturday on uh, so October second, and that the morning of the second, we're getting ready. the The field where he plays baseball is like 35 minutes from the house, so we're 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 getting ready. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I like to have the cash on me so I can give it to him, but I didn't want to pull that from my wife's, um, you know, budget for the week. So I went to go grab. So I I keep literally like a stack of like um discretionary cash, um, in like this crystal bowl that's on a dresser in our bedroom. And so there's just like spare change, like whatever. At the end of the week, my wife just kind of dumps her purse in there. I dump my wop, my, my, my money in there. And then we come up with like, and I just keep it in there. It's a little wide. So if anybody needs something extra, if we got to, you know, you got grab some ice cream or something coming through the neighborhood. Okay, cool. We'll do that. If it's something not factored into the budget. So I'm looking for it and I'm looking in the glass in the, in the crystal bowl. <laughs> it's actually a very expensive bowl. My dad bought us and I don't know, I don't really keep a lot of fancy stuff around my house. So the fanciest like um, 
centerpiece in my house is just sitting on a dresser. It's like a Vilroy and Bach crystal bowl um, that has like loose change and money in it. Um, I thought it was appropriate. It was an expensive thing. Let's just throw cash in it, literally. Um, and so I'm looking for the the money and I'm like, like, I know I just added some money to it yesterday. I actually had some money into my pocket that I was going to kind of add to the little roll. And I'm like, where is it at? So I asked him, I'm like, okay, it's the only other person in my room would be my wife. So my wife was downstairs uh, talking to one of her mentees on the phone. So I just kind of yelled downstairs real quick and was like, baby, um, have you, have you seen the cash? Like, did she move it? Did you grab it? Um, and we also have a safe and sometimes the, you know, for a while I've, I've, you know, the money's normally been in the safe, but I'm like, I've just been keeping it on the dresser so I don't have to unlock the safe every time I want to get to it. Um, so, and my wife was like, no, I haven't touched it. And I'm like, I know it was here yesterday cause I saw it yesterday. And so my daughters are quiet. They're not saying anything. You know, my one daughter's in the classroom on her computer. My other daughter's in her room watching TV. And I'm like, and I'm in one of the moments again. If y'all didn't see my video, like, you know, when everybody was looking at me like I was crazy because my, my chocolates got eaten up or don't nobody know what an Xbox controller is, right? Like stuff just disappears. And I'm like, and I've kind of let some of that stuff, stuff slide, but I'm like, this is money, right? So like if there's money in my house that has disappeared, that means someone in my house is stealing from me. And I don't like that. And for some reason, my wife just was kind of like, because my son's been, you know, leading up to going to practice. He's talking about money a lot. He's like, you know, where's my money? Like, you know, how much money am I going to make? What you think I'm going to do, dad? Like, you know, um, how much money did he have left over from his allowance last week? So he just, he's been talking about money a lot because he's five and there's a lot of toys that he wants. And he knows that he needs money to buy those toys. And he has to earn that money through his allowance or other means. I just don't buy him a bunch of random stuff. Like my son has an abundance of toys. My son has more toys than I have books behind me, right? Like individual toys, right? They're all over his room. Um, he takes them all out every day. He does play with them. <laughs> like he tries to touch almost every toy that he owns every day, which is why his room always looks like, um, looks like somebody just broke into a Toys R Us, right? And, and ransacked the place. But so my wife just, I hear my wife downstairs and as she asked my son, she was like, um, like Royce, do you know where the money is? Um, and the first thing he said was yes. So I'm upstairs, right? I can't see him cause I'm looking down my stairs and my son is over in our family room, which is like over there. Um, and I'm guessing he's on the floor, probably over by the fireplace playing. And so I hear him say that. And so my wife's like, well, can you go, go show daddy where it is? So I come upstairs and he just has this, like, he has this look like he look like he feels guilty, but on his face, he's trying to smile. So he's like, like trying to smile, like I was playing. And so I go into his, and so I walk with him. I follow him into his room. I walk into his room and his, you know, his toys are everywhere, right? He's taking out his Paw Patrol stuff, his Ben 10 stuff. Um, and he's looking around the room and he's trying to remember where he had it. So I noticed on the floor, I saw the rubber band because there's a rubber band um, that's normally wrapped around the money as well. Cause you know, I grew up in the hood and when you, I don't need a money clip, just put some rubber band around your money. That's how it happens. Um, <laughs> And so he's looking around his room and then he's like, he was like, oh, and he's kind of like laughing like, ah, like, you know, like he was using it as play money or something in the room. And I'm like, okay, but where is it? And then so he goes into his closet and my son has a pretty big walk-in closet and we have like a hanging organizer shelf in his closet because he doesn't have that many clothes at his age and his size. Um, so we put a lot of toys and stuff in his closet and like books and shoes and that's within the organizer. So then he... He, like, moves the organizer out of the way like it's a bat cave. You know what I'm saying? Like, he moves the organizer out of the way. Then in the, like, bottom right corner of his of his closet, 
he pulls out my, you know, he pulls out my, my, my not roll. Right. So, and I'm like, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> you know, didn't have the rubber band on it. Cause I, the rubber band was on the floor in his room. And I'm just like, why, you know, and, I, and now I'm, I'm angry. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to show grace. I'm trying to allow the fruits of the spirit to manifest on my tree of anger at that moment. Cause I'm just angry and he's five. Right. So, but, um, but, and then, you know, and the one thing I tell my children and I, and I stick to what I say, and I'm like, you're, you're not going to get in trouble with me for telling the truth. You will get in trouble for lying to me. Um, one I've, you know, I've been a father for 13 years, right? My, my oldest daughter just turned 13 a month ago. I have never physically beat any of my children. I've never tapped them. I've never like, I don't even think I've ever sent them to timeout, right? My, my wife has been a stay at home mom since my children were born. I think my kids may have been tapped once or twice each, like my older children a long time ago, but my children are extremely well behaved. They're very honest. They're, they're very loving. They get along with each other. They take care of each other. They're amazing children. Um, so that is also bothering me. Like, right. We, I've been doing this for 13 years and I've never had, I always have money around my house. I always have valuable things around my house that have never come up missing. And I don't want to feel like if I have cash around, right. That like, I can't leave this on a counter because I'm afraid of, somebody in my house stealing it. Like I should never feel that way. I shouldn't feel that way about guests. I definitely shouldn't feel that way around my family. Like I don't want to have to hide money in a safe in my own house, right? Like I shouldn't have to be trying to keep things safe in my house from people who live in my house. So, you know, but when I asked my son, I'm like, well, why did you take it? And he just looked at me and he was like, because I wanted it. And I'm like, but what do you mean you wanted it? He was like, I wanted money. And I'm like, Okay, but I, and I mean, it's an honest answer, right? Like, it reflects, I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'm like, such a little, like, dude, right? Like, a little man, like, this, like, dominion, like, mentality, right? Like, this ownership. Like, my daughters didn't do things like that. Like, my son stakes claims on things, right? He has this, like, you know what I mean? Like, this dominion kind of mentality to where, like, he wants to conquer things. He wants to explore things. He wants to own things. My daughters were not really attached like a, you know, like a sense of ownership to the things that belong to them. So they would give a lot of stuff away, right? They would be done playing with something. They would give it away. My son's like concept of like ownership is like, it's mine, right? And I almost account, I just, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm attributing it to, to him being like a little man, right? And seeing, right? Like in our household, like I'm the one that earns the money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, even though, you know, my, my wife, um, you know, deals with most of like the home finances and the shopping and all that other stuff. Like everyone in my house knows that I'm the only one who earns income. So my, um, but for my son to just be honest and I asked him like three times and he was like, I wanted it. Um, and then, so what I had to, and so what I wound up talking to my son about, which I think is, you know what I mean? Like you have that moment. And so in that moment, I'll be honest, what I wanted to do was spank him. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to snatch the money grab them and just stuff that, you know, like a reflection from my past, like what would have happened if money came up missing in my grandmother's house or my, either one of my paternal or maternal grandmother, if I took something from my mom and then I'm like, I could have used that opportunity, right? My son was already sad. Like, and I was talking to him in the same voice that I'm using. I don't, I don't yell at my kids. I wasn't screaming at my son. I was just talking to him in this very much Pastor Roy, Savage Truth-ish kind of voice. Cause this is how I sound in real life. This is not my TV voice, my, you know what I mean? This is my regular voice um, outside of, you know, sometimes when I talk at work, I got to take some of the bass out of my voice, you know what I mean? Because in white spaces, people get sensitive. 
Um, and it's just like, you know, I come across as aggressive when I talk in the normal tenor of my voice. But um, but the but so one of the things is that like and in that moment, like I said, what I wanted to do, what would have made me feel stronger right in this situation where I'm struggling with the with the mental idea of like one of my children can steal from me. Right. I've been a father for 13 years. Like I've never had this happen. Um, but I'm like. But to, to him, he wasn't stealing, right? It's almost like, you know what I mean? It's almost like that ownership, like what's in this house belongs to us, right? And it's almost like it's in the house and it belongs to him and he wanted it, so he took it. And so instead of me getting angry and, and doing really what I wanted to do, and it's probably honestly like one of two or three times in the 13 years of parenting, I wanted to put a hand on a kid because I don't play with stealing because I used to be a very good thief, right? So there's there certain things, and I forgot what I was studying over sabbatical. Um, but Paul was saying that, like, you know, normally the thing that we focus on the most and that we get the most conviction of was, like, the most egregious sin that we had, right? So he was like, those who used to steal become the people who work hard and then use their money to give to other people. Those who used to lie are the ones that become right convicted and kind of obsessed with the pursuance of truth. So for me, I'm both of those things, right? I was a very good liar and I was a very good thief. So like, and that, that's how to, that, you know what I mean? Like the devil just knows or like God testing your heart because those are the two things that, that I despise the most. I despise people that steal things that they don't earn right? Because it's easy, um, but it's but it's manipulative, right? Um, and, and you're abusing people. And then people who lie, right? Because people think it's easy to lie, but it takes a lot of effort. And I preached a sermon on like the burden of lies and the cognitive overhead and the different narrative stories and ethical realities. Um, it should be in the, um, in the sermons playlist because it's on our my home church's website, World Victory of Greensboro. Um, so if World Victory of Greensboro on YouTube, um, you can you guys can subscribe, follow that. That's the church that I typically preach at and the church that I'm on staff um, as our, our kind of outreach and cares ministry pastor as well. But so in that moment, instead of taking that opportunity to like to get physical or to get angry or to, to shake him, because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I felt all of those emotions. Right. I felt all of the 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 normal like physical reactions that you wanted to take like this is my son right this is the first like little man in my family and like and he and, and he stole from me so I, I just looked at my son and like and I'm trying to <laughs> trying to process but then and like he's starting to cry and I'm like and he's you know and I can see he's feeling that conviction and so instead of me taking that moment of conviction and and creating a reason for my son to fear me Right. I what I what I told him is I said, well, and I so I said, son, like you wanting the money doesn't make it yours. Right. And I asked him I t and, I, and I got down and, you know, my wife does this thing. Right. She's so wonderful. So like I bent down even with my bad knee and my, my overtight tibial band in my left knee. I bent down to my son at eye level and he was crying. He was looking down and I said, son, look at me. And I told him, I said, do I deny you anything? And he was like. No, daddy. And he and I looked around his room. I said, I think like everything you want is in here. So I said, like, and I was like, and we give you money regularly. Like I give you money every week, don't I? And he was like, yes, daddy. And I said, but the key is, is that you earn it. So I said, 
just wanting money is not enough. You have to earn it. And I said, when you take something that you have not earned, right? When you take something, and this is actually in the um, in the book that I did a review on, you know what I'm saying? Like, thank God for Bitcoin. Like, like stealing, like theft is taking something that you didn't earn. And so I told him, I was like, son, you stole from me because that money belonged to me. That was my money that I earned. And you took something from me that I earned without earning it. And I'm like, what I have is always available and accessible to you. And even this week, just because he had been doing really good, he hadn't been complaining at school. He wanted a new video game for his Switch. He wanted Spyro. So before I went out of town this week, or before I went out, yeah, before I went out of town, um, that like this this last week in September and it's going into October, I actually um I, I went to GameStop. I tried to buy it in person. It wasn't available. And so I had it delivered to the house. It got back to the house the day after I got home, which was on Thursday. So on Thursday, like I got the game, popped it into a switch form. We're sitting there, we're playing Spyro, um, because it's one of the games that he likes to watch online. And I told him and I said, like, you've been wanting Spyro, and just because you've been doing what you were supposed to be doing, right? Like I said, you earned something that you didn't even expect. So, like, I bought that game for you. Like, you didn't have the money to buy that game. I said, I had the money to buy the game, so I got it for you just because you're my son. So, I'm like, do you understand why it would frustrate me that you would steal from me when everything I have is yours? And he was just like, like, yes, daddy, and he's crying. And he's got his baseball jersey on, right, because we're getting ready um, for the game. And then and then even in that moment, right, I had that feeling that I that I feel when I, I tell my Grinchness, right, when when I was like, well, hug him right now. But I'm like, I'm not hugging the little thief who stole my money. And I just had to give a motivational speech, too. Um, and so I was like, let's go. Let's get ready. And I stood up, stepped back and let him walk by. And he was just walking slowly. Right. And then even in that, like I felt the conviction. I'm like, you need to hug your son right now. So I called him. I said, Royce, come here, son. And he came and I picked him up and I hugged him. And I just told him, I said, I love you and I'm not mad at you. Right. So in that opportunity, there, there's a there's a lot of things to do. But it's like and, and mind you, all of this happened in the course of like, you know, three to five minutes. Right. But trying to be in tune with your own conviction, with the spirit of God and, and manifesting the fruits of the spirit, even in the, the actions that we take. Um, too often as parents, we are we are very patient and we are very gracious with everybody but our own children. And I see this. I see people who were in youth ministry who are so passionate and so engaged and so kind to other children, right? We had this issue at the swim class that my daughter's at where like there were these moms who were like overly promoting and congratulating my daughter, yet they didn't say anything positive to their own children. So my daughter was like, why are you cheering for me? Like my parents are here. They encourage me. We already have plans for what we're doing after this, right? If I hit these milestones and these goals, and like, you're not saying anything to your own kids. So that's weird to my, my children to see somebody who compliments other children, but doesn't compliment their own. And so like in that moment, I had an opportunity that I could show grace that I, that I could try to teach that I should try to uh, manifest and exemplify the fruits of the spirit. Or I could just come down with the rod on a five-year-old who didn't, you know what I mean? He didn't hide it from me. He didn't lie about it. And he was honest about why he did it. Like, for me, honesty, right? Like this is the Savage Truth podcast. The truth is the most important thing to me. And he didn't hide anything from me. So I couldn't punish him for that. 
Because if I would have punished him, I wouldn't have been punishing him for stealing. I would have been punishing him for telling the truth. And that's what we've got to be careful for, careful about, right? If somebody had an infraction, if somebody had a sin, I was thinking about this just because of how the, the church responds to people who are pregnant, right? And who are pregnant out of wedlock. Being pregnant out of wedlock is not the sin, right? This is why we lose all these arguments, pro-lifeness, and, and we get into all of this nonsense. Like, the fornication was the sin, but if you make the reality of them being pregnant in the, biolo the biology that occurred, that, that created the conception that brought about the life, and that the life in itself is not a blessing, you know what I mean? Like, you make the life, you make the baby, you make the pregnancy the state of sin. The sin... <laughs> Right. That's why people start. That's why people start to falter with the discussion about, well, what about when someone's raped? What about instances of incest? Because like now the sin was someone else's. And since we act like and we have a mentality of the fact that the like being pregnant while not married is the sin. That's not the sin. Fornication is the sin. Right. If, if someone gets in vitro fertilization and didn't have sex with somebody outside of marriage and yet they're pregnant. Are you saying that's a sin to be pregnant without a husband, right? Like, we don't think about what we say because we're not responding from a spiritual place. We're responding from a logical place. We're responding from a judgmental, emotional place, right? We're responding from an emotionally um, uh, kind of stifled, unintelligent place. And that's one of the things that we have the opportunity to exercise these things where we're in the heat of the moment and we've got an opportunity to show grace and be the kind of father, be the kind of parent that God is to us, to our own children. And that's what I would encourage you to do, right? Like, if we can show grace in traffic, if we can show grace at Target, if we can show grace at work, then we need to learn how to show grace at home. And I almost missed that today. Like, like even if I would have done all of that and had all of the good words and all of that other stuff, I felt like it would have all been an absolute fail if I did not hug my son, if I didn't embrace my son and bring him in close. And it's something I did not want to do. I didn't. Right. And it's not because I'm not a, I'm not a touchy Philly kind of father. Like I hold my son like most of the day. Right. My, my son is on my back. My son is in my arms. I kiss my son. I kiss his head. We do nubs where we like, you know, we nub like um, 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 on the edge of each other's ears. It's just the, the thing that we do because I don't want my I don't want my son to feel like because he's the masculine member of my house that he doesn't get my affection. All of my children get my affection. And because my son is the smallest, both of my daughters are five feet tall now. Um, he gets a lot more of my physical affection. I pick him up, I carry him. Um, you know what I mean? He sits on my lap when we play video games and we just lounge on the couch and um and chill. So like I you know what I mean? So I didn't want him to feel, even though he did something that I think he was still carrying the conviction for emotionally. I didn't want him to feel like he had a disconnect from me physically. And I almost missed that opportunity. So what I'm going to say is just walk in that grace, right? We've got to learn how to operate in forgiveness. The, if family is our first ministry, then the real reflection of the way that we serve God it should be, all right, the primary place that should be, be on display and, and, um, and demonstrate it is the, way that we, is the way that we love the people who are within our homes. So, that's what I wanted to share, um, and I thought that was going to be a lot shorter than usual. So anybody who's watching this on, on YouTube, you will notice that behind my head, I'm going to go this way, behind my head in that box back there, um, if anyone's ever seen my Superman music video, if you haven't, you can go watch it on um, on YouTube, but there, that's a kryptonite rock, right? Because one thing that, that my sabbatical taught me 
um, is that I, um, when I'm in this house, <laughs> I don't need to be Superman because my family is amazing. So my kryptonite is active. You know what I'm saying? And I, I can just be a regular person here, right? There's no, there's no facade. I'm not projecting anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm here human and as vulnerable and transparent as possible. So thank you. I hope you can glean something from that. I don't know what future content will look like, right? We're just getting back into this. This happened today. I wanted to share it because I thought it could be impactful. And that will be what, what we hear about this week on uh, Savage Truth Tuesday. So um, thank you for uh, for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel, to the podcast, um, on, on, your, on your preferred listening apparatus, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. Shout out to the Discord. If you're not in the Discord community, if you're not... Join if you're not connected to the Discord family. Make sure you click that link in the description. If you're on the podcast um, or if you're on YouTube, check out the link in the description box below. It should be active for you to join. Join the Savage Truth on uh, server on Discord so we can communicate because that's the only social media I'm interacting with. So um, look forward to seeing you there. The Patreon is still out here and active as well. Feel free um, to jump on that. But other than that, thank you for joining. Glad to be back. I'm glad to share something with you. Um, I pray that God continues to keep you, um, that you continue to feel his love and that you continue to exemplify the fruits of his spirit in your life so people can see the gospel live and up front. So thank you. Love you. God bless. Peace out. They keep asking who I am. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Knock your patient a description. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Nationality, ethnicity. I tell them I'm a Christian. <laughs>